Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. We are so glad you're joining us again today, and here we are for episode nine already. I can't believe it's already this far along. I know. So. We're sitting here uh, with our Diet Cokes. It kind of feels like we're getting close to spring. <laughs> our last time we were in this room recording, we were uh, staring down uh, the snowmageddon and the the end of the world with the ice storm, this, this cold storm, I guess we were getting. So We were uh, sitting here wondering if our pipes were frozen in the basement of our house. Yes. So our house is 90... Something years 95, old. Yeah. 96 years old. And so we have these huge pipes in our basement and we just always wonder when they're going to explode. But that didn't happen. And we are here today to just testify to the fact that God was taking care of that. Exactly. Well, and uh, we are excited that spring's around the corner. Mm-hmm. So hopefully better weather. I know that that uh, impacts a lot of things and even impacts mental health at times. So we're we're looking forward to those days. Well, we have a special guest with us today. Yes. Going to be talking about a, um, a big topic, a topic mm-hmm. that impacts a lot of people. So Stacy, why don't you introduce our guest and then we'll let her share a little bit about herself. Yes, today we have Phoebe Barron with us and she goes to church with us and she is a certified counselor and um, she's just going to help us through this topic of anxiety. Uh, For me, it's one of those topics that makes me feel like, um, you know, that scripture does speak directly to it and so I just want to be obedient and not make scripture fit my life, but rather me be obedient to what scripture is saying about it. And I know that that may not happen overnight, but um, it hasn't, but it is something that we wanted to talk about. And Phoebe has a wonderful family, and you can talk a little bit about what you feel like talking about, Phoebe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always start with, I am a counselor, I'm Mm -hmm. not your counselor. Mm -hmm. Um, So if anything that I talk about, because I I tend to talk about the heavier topics. Um, Sure. So whenever I speak, I always just want to tell people that, um, like, if things are stirring in them or causing any kind of like anxiety or depression or bringing that into the light, um, that there are resources out there. I mean, the internet is a wonderful thing, Mm -hmm. um, to help them find somebody who can help them walk through this, whether that is like an LPC or something, um, or even just, um, a pastor or a church staff member that they know, or just Mm -hmm. a really good friend. Mm -hmm. Um, all of those things are great resources. So, um, yeah, and I've been practicing since 2014. Um, I finally got licensed. I think it was like mm, 2018. I finally got licensed. I had a few kids in there yes. and right. worked part time. So that took a long time to get hours in. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I currently am in private practice in Bethany, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so I do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, and then I'm home on Tuesday, Thursdays with all three of my kiddos because thank you, pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> and they are five and a half, three and a half, and three and a half months. Oh, wow. Yes. You should see these kids. They are beautiful. I was telling her before we started, they have the best hair. And the three and a half month old does not have much hair yet, but he has a good promising future. So I, I hope so. I actually yeah. prayed for that hair. Um, <laughs> we lost our first child in June mm. of 2014 okay. and um, immediately got pregnant with Viv and uh, not really uh, trying to, but that's what happened. And um, I remember kind of in the in-between time, um, 
or no, I think it was after I, I was I was pregnant with her and I was still very angry and upset and sad and grieving over the loss of our first child. Yeah. Um, and in a very um, bratty moment of my life, <laughs> I, I told the Lord that if, um, if he was going to take our first child away from us, that I wanted a child with um, big, round, huge, curly hair um, and said some other bratty things, not like this other hair that I had seen. Um, and... Um, yeah, and, and he said, okay. Yes, wow. you got that. Yeah. <laughs> he did. And then her middle son, Charlie, has the most beautiful hair, too. She just is doing wonderful here. She's hopefully going to be three for three. Here. I hope we get three for three with her <laughs> hair. Yes, for sure. Well, and Phoebe, um, so you've been in practice, and today as we talk about anxiety particularly, um, is that would you say that's a specialty you focus on, or is that one of the areas you work with, or... Or kind of how would you describe that as part of your practice? Yeah, um, I definitely have a focus on anxiety um, as well as trauma work. Um, They both work pretty hand in hand. If you've experienced trauma, you're Mm -hmm. more prone to be anxious um, just in general. Um, That's kind of how trauma can change your body chemistry up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those really work hand in hand together. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Well, and as Phoebe shared about her practice and her role as as a licensed counselor, Stacy and I often remind our listeners and tell you we are not therapists and we're not counselors. Mm -hmm. We are on this journey and uh, have been living out the mental health journey and recovery journey for a number of years. And um, kind of out of that experience is what we're sharing from. And uh, hopefully uh, our goal is to to bring uh, from our story, to bring in guests like Phoebe and others that uh, can hopefully share hope, share encouragement with you for those that do struggle with mental health and also those of you that are family members and loved ones who love and support them. So we're glad you've joined us today. One of the things that's coming up, uh, Stacy's got a chance to speak in a little over a month um, at uh, the Women's Ministry Conference for Oklahoma Baptist this year. She's one of the breakout speakers. So Last episode, we talked about that with Amy Cordova. If you want to go back and check that out, um, you can get some information on that and find a way to, uh, it's a digital pass that would allow you to, to access Stacy's uh, message where she's sharing more out of her story. Actually, as you go back into our eight episodes now, we're sharing a lot of our story along the way there. And if you're just tuning in maybe for the first time or just recently kind of checked out the Speak Out Loud podcast, Episodes one and two are our pilot episodes, two parts, but they really talk through kind of our journey and our story. So if you haven't heard those yet, we'd invite you to go back. And that gives you a little bit of kind of background on where we are today and how we're coming into some of these issues. So as we jump into this topic of anxiety, which is a huge topic, and and I know Stacey and I, we, you've talked about, we've talked about the, the impact the pandemic has had. You know, I asked you several months ago just uh, if this has been maybe the hardest year in many ways of your recovery, and you just didn't even blink an eye. You said, oh, yeah, this has definitely been tough. So, um, Phoebe, what have you seen maybe, um, and just how has the pandemic kind of impacted anxiety from just kind of within your practice and your patients, and speaking in generalities, I know, but also just maybe kind of broader than that across the country and the world? Um, I mean, we are already seeing people come out with research showing that um, anxiety and depression has increased, especially among young adults in particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are seeing, and, and I'm seeing that just on the small scale that I can view in my personal life and in my professional life, that um, I think what the pandemic really did was 
push people over the edge. I'm seeing a lot of people who are going, I I really needed to be in counseling a couple years ago or before this pandemic. But what the pandemic did was basically rip out from under us all of our supports. Um, I remember just about this time last year, uh, going, no, there's no way they can cancel school. No, there's no way. And just one right after another, things just fell. And I even remember last April being newly pregnant, sick, headaches, and having no one to talk to Mm. in person. And as an Mm. extrovert, that was extremely taxing. And, and we're just seeing, um, a lot of that community support be taken out from under people mm-hmm. and a lot of the things that people did on a regular basis uh, to help support them in not feeling anxious and not feeling depressed mm-hmm. uh, was really just taken away. And uh, even now that things are opening, we're not necessarily getting those things back. Right. That's so true. And I think that was our light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. and that light is just not there. And I can remember, um, you know, a few, few weeks ago, we were put in contact with uh, a teenager's mom, and she was just looking for a place for her daughter to go inpatient who was just missing uh, community. And we made a few phone calls, and um, then the mom, of course, made a few phone calls in one of the places here in Oklahoma City that has a teenager's, uh, a teenage unit for inpatient care was a year wait. And so uh, that is our kids struggling. And so I can totally support what you're saying, Phoebe, about that is just a friend um, who contacted us and us us trying to help find a place for their teenager to not um, be able to hurt themselves. And that's very difficult, I'm sure, as a parent. It would be for me to know that my child is put on hold and the the facility needing to decide whose child is more critical than the other. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's it's real. And every therapist I know right now has a wait list of probably at least a month. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just, yeah, it's such a reality <sighs> that, uh, you know, I, I've, I've kind of wondered long term, of course, not to make light of, of any of the impacts the pandemic has had over the last 12 months, but certainly, you know, 10 years from now and people are doing their doctoral dissertations mm-hmm. on what this was like, I think the mental health, the long-term mental health impacts will be right up there with some of the physical impacts that uh, have had, and you've seen the stats, and you know them better than us, Phoebe, but just on you know, addiction and the skyrocketing levels of relapsing in addiction to, to mental health issues and anxiety, depression, all those areas. So Phoebe, how would you define or describe anxiety? Mm-hmm. Because probably it's it's a word we use maybe in a lot of different ways. I'm anxious about something or I'm worried about this. But from kind of a mental health perspective, is there a definition or a good way to describe it so that people can understand just, well, this is what it is. Or I mean, okay, oh, that's what I'm going through right there. How how would they, what would you say to that? Um, I see anxiety as an excess energy in the body. Mm-hmm. So the base emotion of anxiety would be fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, uh, fear is an emotion that helps us, keeps us safe from threats. Mm-hmm. So I kind of go back to caveman days mm-hmm. and um, have people picture a saber-toothed tiger. And if you are hunting and gathering and you come upon a saber-toothed tiger, 
you suddenly get this rush of anxiety because there's a threat to your life. So you either need to have that energy to fight the tiger Mm -hmm. or to run away from the tiger. Mm -hmm. And that same amount of energy that we needed to fight off or flee from physical threats is the same amount of energy that our bodies get today when someone cuts us off on Northwest Expressway, when a coworker says something bad about us and we're worried about our job or something like that. Um, However, even slamming on my brakes on Northwest Expressway does not take nearly the energy it does to run away from a bear or a tiger or <laughs> sure. something like that. Sure. Um, it does help my my reflex to get faster to slam on that brake. Um, it does give me sharper vision. Um, mm. And you'll usually, you know, if you've ever been cut off in traffic, have that like rush of a heart rate and yes, the red face. The, yes. Oh my gosh, I'm in very hot. Suddenly. Yes. Uh huh. There, you might get a horn blare from me. Yes. Um, that happened yesterday. <laughs> But, um, so I describe, that's why I describe anxiety as excess energy in the body, Mm -hmm. because when we don't have a way to burn that energy off, it keeps circulating in our body until we, um, until it kind of runs out in our bloodstream. There's a whole kind of huge scientific definition behind that. But if Mm -hmm. you just imagine that cortisol and those hormones, they, it stays into your bloodstream unless Mm -hmm. it's been burned off or, um, has kind of timed out. Okay. Wow. And, and okay. I've heard some some people that I've talked to that have experienced it, and maybe you might even speak to this, Stacey, but, but it's almost like you kind of get stuck in this kind of endless feedback mm-hmm. loop, right? And you can't, it's just like, and it just keeps almost generating more of that energy. Mm-hmm. And something's got to happen to kind of get you out of that so you can, you can let, I don't know if let down or let go is the right word, but, but just kind of let your body and your, and your mind relax almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like with anxiety, it's something that pre-pandemic and maybe pre-trauma uh, in somebody's life, they may not um, say that it's even a real thing until they experience it. Once somebody experiences it, it's something that um, is validated in their life. And I've, I've experienced that a lot with the things that are going on in our world with friends. Them saying, wow, I had no idea this is what you deal with all day, every day. It takes so much energy. Mm-hmm. And um, with that, people have started to have a lot more empathy, I feel like, around anxiety. Because they're just like, wow, this is a real feeling, emotion. It's not something that um, I even thought existed, whereas people I feel like are accepting more of depression. Well, this is a real, real thing. And something um, that for me it feels like is that everything is not going to be okay, especially when it comes to relationships. Uh, I also struggle with borderline personality disorder, which is a whole nother topic, but it just kind of is this kind of just puts the icing on the cake for me when it comes to that um everything is not going to be okay i cannot see a light at the end of the tunnel um things in my mind get really small which seems kind of uh opposite but i do hone in on the situation or the problem um, until i can figure out or try to get a way out so that i can move on sometimes that happens on my own most of the time I need a friend or family member or my therapist to say, stop, this is not going to be able to continue or should not continue because um, nothing productive is going to come out of this. Um, It's a continuous feedback loop. Like Doug was saying, it's on repeat. I can't get out of that circle, um, that fear like Phoebe's talking about or thoughts. 
Um, it's like somebody is constantly hitting a replay button in my mind and that's where the exhaustion comes in and then I don't get to fight as effectively. Um, those are just a few things. In treatment, uh, some of you who are new listeners, uh, a few years ago I went to treatment. I was supposed to be gone for about six, seven months for uh, for eating disorder, for anorexia. And a huge part uh, that we discovered while I was away is that I have so much anxiety around food that that is also playing into it because I eat seven, eight times a day. And so that anxiety just keeps getting um, filled up to where I can barely let that tank empty. So um, that's where a lot of my no hunger issues come. I feel like it's um, kind of like I'm deep down in a hole, excuse me, but I can't see the ladder to even figure out a way to get out. And so um, it's like it won't end or it's got so much power it can be multiplied. More intrinsic um, than worry for me is anxiety. Um, It's not just worry for, for a lot of people that I don't that I feel like can come alongside with me and partner with me in the hard thing of anxiety. Um, Sometimes I'm worried that I will get anxious, so Mm -hmm. I get anxious that I will get anxious, especially um, when it's a one-on-one thing. I can speak in front of a thousand people and not feel hardly any anxiety, if any at all, and then I can know that I'm going to meet with someone one-on-one and that they're going to want to Um, ask me questions or me pour into them and encourage them and I'm anxious about that even though it's a very necessary thing with my relationships. Phoebe would you say you know in listening Stacy kind of thank you for letting us know how it it kind of impacts you and helps you or makes you feel I think Mm -hmm. that's really helpful because there's probably a lot of people that feel that way but Phoebe would you say is there one kind of uniform way that it impacts people, or is it really almost very individual and unique to each person, the emotional as well as physical impacts of, of anxiety? Yeah, uh, I, I think yes to both those okay. questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when we are anxious, there there is just an automatic response in our body to produce hormones that give us energy to fight or flee. And those symptoms are often going to be felt in our hearts, in our stomachs, Um, Sometimes people can get really sweaty. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a little bit the opposite of you, Stacey. Mm -hmm. I can talk one-on-one all day. That's my actual job. (laughs) Right. Yes. Um, And even though I'm really experienced in speaking to crowds of people, there's still a level of I will get the nervous sweats. And I'm not a sweaty person. Yeah. But that's something that gives me enough anxiety that I will start to sweat. And, Mm -hmm. And all those things, again, I go back to... God created our bodies to um, feel fear when we are threatened um, because that keeps us safe. Mm -hmm. And so feeling fear is not a sinful thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to always remind people of that um, because there is a a biological reason that we feel fear. And it's to, like I said, to keep us safe. Um, But I think the, the, perseveration on that fear, the repeating thoughts, um, that is when we start to move into taking our eyes off of Jesus and, Mm -hmm. and putting it onto, um, our problem. And, and it, you, I think, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. Doug, you said feedback loop. And I thought, Mm -hmm. yes, that's exactly what it is, is Mm -hmm. that, 
Um, I just to take the example of the guy who cut me off in traffic yesterday, um, <laughs> and and there was some anxiety there because I I didn't want to wreck. I had sure. two of my kids in the car and um, just don't want to wreck in general. Mm-hmm. And so there was that in- immediate anxiety. It helps my reflex get faster to slam on the brake. Um, but then that anxiety gets pushed into anger right? <laughs> and that's when we want to like blare on our horns or like follow too close or mm-hmm. do something that doesn't actually fix the problem. Right. Um, but it does feed our feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That gotcha. is, that is a perfect example of what <laughs> happens. So I'm glad you said it like that. I'm a very visual person. So when you describe mm-hmm. things like that, I get it. And I think, and I've heard people talk about how, you know, it could, Stacey, you mentioned, kind of becomes exhausting, but people that might even have like muscle tremors or muscle shakes because of it. And so your body is constantly just kind of buzzing almost, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, so your body, you're maybe sitting there, Mm -hmm. it's physically putting out tons of energy. And, and, and I've had those experiences some on a limited basis, but probably not somewhat, not, not like, I know Stacey, you've that, that really struggled with, say, the mental illness of anxiety. But, but yeah, you can just, like, I don't know what I did, but I am exhausted. I'm mm-hmm. just, because I've been wrestling with this for so long. So, And I want to hop in and say, um, like, I, I like to describe anxiety in that very general way of excess energy in the body, because we will all feel that at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you've driven a car, you sure. probably felt some anxiety. Yes. Um, we probably all felt some anxiety at work whenever we get an email from our boss that's like, I want a meeting with you. And you're like, oh, <laughs> exactly. that's yeah. probably not positive. But yeah, I don't, yeah. Um, I wonder what that's about. Um, and then there is the like diagnosable generalized anxiety disorder. And that's going to be a collection of symptoms um, that do include some of these things like okay. feel, feeling worried most of the day, every mm. day, worrying about worry, yes. worrying about that you're going to worry or feel anxious. That's one of the symptoms. Mm. Um, and a few other things that, you know, thank you, Google, you can look those up. And it's for a specific time period. Um, and so uh, I think sometimes we make this big distinction between like a diagnosable disorder and like oh, I'm just like a little worried or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but people with a diagnosable disorder probably started out just a little bit worried sure, and didn't start to take measures to take care of it then or just had some overwhelming circumstances in life. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I think being aware of our emotions and where we feel them in our body and how our body experiences those emotions can help mm-hmm. us kind of get on top of things whether we feel like we have a diagnosable disorder or not. Okay. Sure. Well, that's really helpful to understand. And I think that kind of leads to that next question a little bit. And maybe we've talked on it a little bit. But how does, how would you say anxiety differs from worry? Because mm-hmm. we use those words sometimes interchangeably. But do you see something that's okay, this is, anxiety is just, just more of it? Or is it something different in a way that's just different from being worried about paying the bills this month or whatever it may be? Um, I kind of have two thoughts on that. The first one is that I think oftentimes we will use the words worry or stress to downplay that, that anxious feeling that we're having. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go, Oh no, I'm just a little bit stressed. And, and it's a way of denying our feelings. Um, and it's a way of kind of downplaying them and, uh, when we deny or downplay our feelings, we're not addressing the problem that they're pointing to. Mm. Um, so, you know, every emotion is God given and we can see 
Jesus display all of them because he was fully God and fully human. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that Jesus felt a little anxious in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was sweating blood. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what other feeling gives you sweating blood. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and it makes sense because um, fear and anxiety points us to a threat to our life. And mm-hmm. he was experiencing a threat to his human life. Right. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, each emotion is going to point each of the unpleasant emotions. I don't like to say negative mm-hmm. because anxiety is not bad. Anger is not bad, but they are very unpleasant to feel. Right. Sure. So each of those unpleasant emotions is going to point us to a problem. Mm-hmm. And if we belittle or deny them, we're also not fixing the problem that they're pointing to. And that's when things become bigger and bigger and we get ourselves into feedback loops and those feedback loops um, start to become stronger and stronger and easier to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know that I necessarily want to like be like, this is what anxiety is and stress and worry gotcha. because they're all pointing to the base emotion of fear and that's going to point to a problem and a threat to us or okay. a perceived threat. Well, and something that a description that I have that kind of goes along with that a little bit is that I have tried to outrun what's mm-hmm. going on in my mind, for lack of a better word picture. Uh, and But at the same time, I've realized I can't. And so when I realize I can't, then it kind of makes me get into that loop and everything and go, gosh, this is never going to end. Mm -hmm. And so then I do get afraid. That fear does come in. And so, yeah, that is something that I feel like a lot of people try to do instead of fixing the situation and getting help with it is just to try to outrun it. And for years and years, I tried to do that, thinking, you know what? Things are going to change. Things are going to get better. And what happens is is it just kind of starts to layer and layer and layer in my life in yeah. a way. So does that make sense? Yeah, and I think when we look to um, changing our circumstances mm-hmm. and that being the fix to our, the main fix to our problem, mm-hmm. I think that... Um, that's that's when we kind of get into a race that no one can win. I would like to refer to something that Doug and I have talked about in the first two sessions. One, it was that we did get out of the ministry um, and we did change our circumstances, uh, like you're referring to, Phoebe. And it was only a matter of time where those um, symptoms reoccurred because mm-hmm. even though we changed our circumstances and it might have uh, put them off for a little while, put off my anxiety for a little while, maybe, maybe gave me some footing in order for me to be able to uh, get to the place where I could address the issue. It was only a matter of time before that came back around. Yeah. So, and and I think, uh, oh, go ahead, uh, Phoebe. When we, look, uh, when we look at circumstances and see those changing as the only answer, mm-hmm. um, and we don't think of our thought patterns being a part of the problem of anxiety, then we can change our circumstances, but if our thought patterns have not changed, Mm -hmm. then the next time something feels slightly threatening to us, it'll trigger that same thought pattern, and we're gonna be in that same negative feedback loop that we don't know how to get out of. Absolutely, and I've experienced it to where it's become even more intense because I did not handle it or get help with it when it was one situation perhaps and then it becomes two and three and four Mm -hmm. and then that ladder is harder and harder for me to find 
Yeah. Well, and Phoebe, speaking about, you know, you, you referenced earlier the, the connection of trauma to anxiety. Yeah. And obviously your, your work with, with trauma patients. Um, that would almost seem like if someone, maybe the, the traumatic events itself is not being repeated, but if something reminds a person of a feeling that was associated with that or just maybe even little things that, that were part of that horrible experience, it can trigger all that, can't it, and bring back that, that anxiety to where um, they feel as threatened as they were maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So all the threat and the anxiety and the fear comes back. It's just the event itself is not necessarily happening, happening exactly like it did then. Yeah, so when trauma happens to us, we uh, it doesn't just happen in our minds. Mm-hmm. It happens, we have a body experience of that trauma and that, that feeling overwhelmed. Um, like we're going to be overcome by something. Uh, we have a memory experience of it, like you might play a movie memory of, you know, your wedding day or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as we have um, kind of in between those, I would say the emotional experience. So between the memory and the body is the emotional experience. So anytime one of those things um, gets tapped on, mm-hmm. um, I see trauma as kind of Sometimes it's like a pinball machine, and if something just triggers it, then it will just ping, ping, ping all around in the brain Mm -hmm. and start to trigger everything that even kind of touches on that trauma memory, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. depending on how uh, much healing has happened since then. And so that's a great, great visual Mm -hmm. to help people help me understand better just how that impacts people. So, um, and I, I appreciate you referencing, you know, the, uh, the the video in your mind of your wedding. Mm-hmm. For me, that was not a traumatic experience, I would say, except for the fact that uh, I did have, this is another day from their story, but I had a broken nose the day of our wedding. What? So that was, <laughs> I broke my nose two days before our wedding, and I had two black eyes, and I was wearing more makeup than my wife on the, our wedding day. <laughs> yes, So I was. guess that was a traumatic experience beforehand. But the actual event, I have no traumatic We will memories. go to that story at another time yeah. because it is just, wow. I had tornadoes the week of my wedding. So okay. I feel like... Okay. You must have gotten married in Oklahoma then. So. Uh, y- yeah. Yes, yes. Of course. In, okay. May. in May. In May. May in Oklahoma. Uh-oh. There you go. Well, one of the things, and we, for our mm-hmm. listeners, we, we talked about this a little bit ahead of time. And we wanted to jump into this. There's a beautiful Bible verse in a Bible passage and a great promise of the Bible that references anxiety. And, and many listeners may be familiar with this passage. I know probably most of us had to memorize it at some point in our growing up years. And But it's found in Philippians chapter 4. And in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, uh, the Apostle Paul, who's writing this letter to the church there at Philippi, says, he says, do not be anxious for anything, mm-hmm. but by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And then he promises the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, which is a wonderful promise. And and I think, you know, it's also one of those things, it's like, wow, I, I love the second half of that. I really do want that peace that is, you know, passes understanding, meaning, Okay, I want peace even when it doesn't make sense for me to have peace, right? But at the same time, that first part, which he says is don't be anxious, can be really difficult. Because as you said, anxious, anxiety is an emotion. So we were kind of curious about this. And Stacey, you and I have wrestled with this. Um, you know, Phoebe, how do you see this kind of instruction or this Bible verse playing into as you work with patients? And I know not all of your patients are Christians. But from your perspective, as you're coming at this and and treating maybe a medical condition or a mental health condition along with this kind of spiritual component, 
how do you feel like those things weave together? Maybe is the best way to ask that. Yeah, uh, I, I love that we are talking about this because one of the things that I never thought that I would be treating so much of is hurt from the church. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think that sometimes verses like this can be taken and weaponized against people yeah. mm-hmm. by people with good intentions that don't mean to them, sure. with people who really are, are trying to use the Bible to um, misuse their sword, if you will. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I really see us as uh, mind, body, and spirit. So mind being what's going on in the brain, our thoughts, our emotions. That's kind of where our personalities come from mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing. Our bodies, obviously, our physical bodies. And then, you know, God made us spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I, I see that reflected as we are made in God's image and God is a trinity. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the reflection that I see in one of the ways that we're made in his image. And... Uh, I think that we have to address anxiety as a mind, body, spirit thing. So Mm -hmm. we've talked a lot here about uh, the mind and Mm -hmm. the emotion of anxiety, the base emotion being fear and the thought loop that can take a very legitimate fear and turn it into um, something that is incongruent to the actual initial threat. So that's another way that I use anxiety as well is just is when we are feeling fear that's incongruent to the actual threat, Mm -hmm. um, then we will feel kind of extra anxious about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I, and you sent me this passage ahead of time and I was able to consult um, a textbook and Mm -hmm. kind of just look at the context of Philippians and right before this and kind of throughout the whole letter, uh, he's talking about the unity of the, in the church in Philippi. Um, and, and he's talking about the unity and he's also talking about a lot of threats to their group Mm -hmm. through false teachings. And he addresses a couple of different ones in Philippians specifically. And so whenever I see, don't be anxious, I'm thinking, what did that mean to the original readers? And I'm thinking of the threat of disunity amongst their group and the outside threat of false teachers coming into their group. Um, and so those are real threats and they do need to be afraid of them coming and infiltrating their group and and breaking it apart and pointing it away from the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a legitimate fear there, but do they need to be perseverating on that and getting into a feedback loop about, oh, how do I trust anybody? And are they a false teacher right. or, um, you know, kind of whatever their feedback loop would be. And so whenever I see do not be anxious, I, I don't see that as a, if you are anxious, you're sinning. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I, again, someone may come to me and be like, I think you're wrong on this. And like, that's cool. I'm willing to have that discussion. Well, but we wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going off of right now. So go for it. <laughs> <Okay. Phoebe. laughs> yeah. I really don't think that being, having that initial anxiety is, uh, is a sinful thing. Uh, like we've said, you know, fear is an emotion that God gave us in order to help keep our ourselves safe and our societies safe. And so when we feel fear about legitimate threats, I, I don't think that that's sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that when we get into um, that looping through and we're not fix, we're not using that energy to fix the problem mm-hmm. and we're not, um, and I think we can come to the point where we've fixed the problem, mm-hmm. but we still feel anxious about it. And I think that's when in prayer and supplication, we turn to the Lord and we say, God, I've done all I can. Mm-hmm. You know, you have given me agency in this and I've used that to fix it as much as I can. And, and I'm turning to you and trusting that you will take care of the rest of it. Take care mm-hmm. of all the stuff that I can't. 
mm-hmm. take care of, if we kind of bring it back to the pandemic, that you're going to take care of this, that you are going to end this time of quarantine and lockdown and all those kinds of things. And so that we don't have to live in fear of of all the germs. Right. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I think of First Peter when he talks about casting. This is one of my ways to kind of get out of that loop sometimes. Um, most of the time um, is with uh, scripture, of course. I don't want to say, of course, because some people are new to Scripture, perhaps, or maybe you don't. Um, that's not one of your resources that you seek out. But in, in First Peter, it does say, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. And I think that sometimes when we when we think of God and we think of the anxiety that we're feeling and have the directness of uh, Philippians 4, that we go, okay, I'm already not doing that. So what's another thing that I'm not doing? and it just starts to pile on, well, I think that we can find comfort when it says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. And when that care comes in, we can realize that Scripture is not against us, Mm -hmm. that God is not working against us in these things. He is going, let me help you get out of that loop, Stacey. Let me help stop that process. And that you're spiraling out in. And so um, I was going to, you know, touch on that in a few minutes, but I can now a little bit that um, no matter what I'm anxious about, uh, to say, God, I know I'll probably have to do this a million times today and uh, put this at your feet or give this over to you, especially when it comes to my children that are 19 or that are 21 and 24. Um, I still need to do that with him and I can give it to him so many times in one day. A lot of my anxiety might return, but at least I'm going in the right direction. The next day I may be able to do that less and so on. Um and I think, Phoebe, one of the things that, that was so powerful of what you just mentioned earlier, too, is that you know, in, in, in not diminishing the truth of what this says, at the same time, it's not wrong to seek out help. Right. And I think that so often we can, we can use verses like this, and I think you, you referenced kind of people can weaponize these things or, or even, if not ill-intentioned, at least kind of just flippantly say, mm-hmm. oh, just you know, do this, apply Cast this verse. Cast all your cares on him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it kind of discourages someone that's really struggling from seeking out help. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's, you know, we talk so often about one of the most unfortunate things around mental health, around mental health treatment, is the shame that seems to be associated with with whether it be for any any struggle, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, other issues, eating disorders, is, is that that can get lumped onto it, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally by by those of us around those people that struggle. So in this situation, I think, you know, there's truth in this passage, but at the same time, there is absolutely no shame in in seeking out help, in seeking out therapy maybe, in working with a counselor or a professional to help you work through these issues. Mm-hmm. And and what that's doing is it's just saying, hey, we're all we're all broken people, right? We're none of us have this all together. And if we can get someone to help us through this and enable me to to find ways to trust the Lord, but also to appropriately deal with this fear, to, you know, cut off the feedback loop, to to kind of just find ways to to uh, handle this, then then we're healthier people. Absolutely. And 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 that's I think the purpose of this. So Phoebe, we, we kind of referenced this earlier with trauma, I know, and I was gonna ask you and, and, and certainly we can jump back into that and maybe some other things as well, but do you see are there are there kind of particular triggers that can trigger anxiety? Or would you say, well, it's that's almost as unique to the person as the situations they've gone through? 
Um, I think the specific triggers are so unique to a person. Mm-hmm. I, in my work that I do, I always want to get down to the belief level. So I define a belief as something that we think is true, but mm-hmm. also feels completely true to us. And it's that feels true part that I think is the most important, gotcha. uh, mm-hmm. which I know doesn't always resonate with our Western society. And it certainly doesn't always resonate in the church sure. um, that feelings are important and mm-hmm. God gave them to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that feels true part is, uh, you know, I think scripture talks about in, in Psalms, I'm going to say it's Psalms. It might be Proverbs. Well, you can check me on that. Um, but that the heart is the wellspring of life. But then it also says that the heart is deceitful above all else. And I think what that goes to show in saying that it is the wellspring of life and deceitful is that whatever is in our hearts, that's the direction that we're going to be going with our behavior. Um, I would say what feels true to us is where we our automatic behaviors come through. So I may think God is good. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel true to me. Um, back when we had lost our first child through miscarriage, it did not feel true to me that God was good. Sure. sure. I had effectively been believing I, God is good to me. And how do I know that? Because nothing bad has happened to me. I would have denied all day long that that's what I believed. Sure. But when that belief was challenged, it, it revealed that in my heart, I, I effectively believed that if 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 you are good, God will be good to you. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And it really, it took that trauma to really reveal that to me. So when we, when we talk about um, especially mental health in the church, and I feel like that is like my crusade is to be like, these are not opposing forces at That's all. Right. right. Um, is, is to go, you know, when we experience hard things like depression or anxiety or something traumatic happens to us, um, I used to pity people who had bad things happen to them. And again, I would have never said, well, that's cause you did something wrong, but effectively I was believing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I had something terrible happen to me and went, I didn't do anything to cause this, mm-hmm. um, that I had to go, no, like what hardship does is that it draws us closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. What experiencing di- anxiety on a daily basis, Stacy, your story is that it brings you closer to the Lord. Right. Um, and it causes us not to, it, ca- it reveals our hearts and mm-hmm. what we truly believe. And it also causes us to rely on him daily. I, I don't know that I had ever prayed so much in my life until I had lost my first child and then was pregnant with our oldest child now Mm -hmm. at this, you know, just within a matter of weeks and going, how do I feel grief and joy in the same moment? Absolutely. That's wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know that's really personal to you and I appreciate it, but I think that's going to help so many people to hear your story and to hear Mm -hmm. about that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. I would also like to note that, um, when that was happening, that, I knew that the Lord would use the story and I was literally like, no, God, you don't get that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And it's only been because that was in 2014. So what is that? Six, seven years almost. Yeah. Um, and it's only been really, it was four and a half years whenever I experienced like what I would say was the completeness of the healing of that. Gotcha. So yeah. I, I, I do like to note that like, um, you know, when we go through something really traumatic, mm-hmm. that's not always when we want to share about those things. Exactly. No. Um, yeah. And that the healing doesn't happen 
in six months or a year sure. or something. Well, and we've even had people say, Stacy, why are you so why are you so outward about what has happened? And not everyone is called to do that. Mm-hmm. And our stories are so precious that when we it's okay to, when we know that um, we have grown in that and the Lord has called us to speak on that that is when we are safest to do it. However, some people will never do that. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know that Doug and I really feel, um, vulnerable sometimes about sharing those experiences like you're sharing, um, Phoebe. And, um, it's really hard to still do that, but we have felt a peace about doing so. But, um, it's the, I mean, it's just the beauty of God that he takes, not only the worst things about us, if mm-hmm. we can surrender them to him, mm-hmm. but also he can take the worst things that happen to us. Like mm-hmm. you said, that we didn't do anything to bring them on ourselves. They just happen. Mm-hmm. And, and he can make something beautiful out of them. And I appreciate you sharing your story because I was just thinking even, and, and we talk about this in our pilot some, that, gosh, I mean, before our oldest child was born, so 25, 26 years ago, you know, Stacy had a miscarriage of our first mm-hmm. child. And, and you can feel so alone in that. And we talked about how we felt so alone. I just think... Especially you know, 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, you go back to the mid-90s, and there just wasn't a lot of, certainly, openness. And there was people around us that cared for us. But I think they also didn't quite know what to say or how to help us. And so mm-hmm. just someone that's walked that road that can have some words of hope, mm-hmm. I think, can mean so much to people. Because yeah. you can feel very hopeless and discouraged in those times after that. And I yeah. think that that's important. Mm-hmm. Well, Phoebe, what are some things, um, and certainly, you know, we're big believers, obviously, in therapy because it's made such a big impact in our lives. But, you know, those that may be struggling with anxiety or just kind of as they listen to this, they're wondering, well, where am I on that spectrum, if you will, of, of, of kind of as you've described it? Or maybe they have a loved one that, that they feel like, you know, I can see they're really struggling with something what are some ways you would just, you know, again, in general, encourage or recommend that, that someone can find some help, can find some relief? What are, what are your thoughts on that? So I kind of go back to the whole mind, body, spirit thing. Mm-hmm. And um, when I think about anxiety, we've got to take care of our bodies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that can look as simple as making sure you drink enough water during the day. Because yeah. our brains aren't going to function optimally when they're dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and it also looks like for me, you know, eating regular meals, uh, I have a nursing baby. So like, you know, 12 times a day, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> sure. And so, um, so eating regular meals so that your blood sugar is staying relatively level, things like that. Um, so just those meeting your basic needs of your body and that's going to be individualized to everybody, mm-hmm. um, as well as going, considering medication, mm-hmm. which is a very personal decision. But mm-hmm. I think that for me, the questions I'm always asking people is, um, have, you, have you tried to get out of this loop? How successful are you being? And, and if you just had a, a little leg up for mm-hmm. a little bit, do you think that would be helpful? Mm-hmm. Um, and if the answer is yes, then I think that's something to consider and talk to your doctor about and um, you know consult whoever you consult in your life. Right. And um, definitely because what can happen with those negative feedback loops is that our brain chemistry can start to change. Yeah. And um, it, this is one of those chicken or the egg questions. And I don't, I think that's individualized to everybody. Was it, you know, um, 
dysfunctional brain chemistry first or was it my thinking first? And I think a lot of people are like, well, if it was my thinking, then I need to then I need to fix my thinking. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. That's that mind part of it. Mm-hmm. But is your body supporting supporting you in a way that your brain can start to do the work of in your thought life to start to, you know, cut those new neural pathways mm-hmm. out of that negative feedback loop and into and towards the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking care of your body, taking care of your brain, and that can be with a mentor, that can be with, um, you know, someone at your church. It can be with a therapist. If you have, you know, any secure relationship with a spouse or a parent, um, that can that can be good. Uh, that can also be bad, right? Like if part of your story is trauma from your childhood mm-hmm. that your parent also experienced, they right. may or may not be the best person, mm-hmm. you know, to talk mm-hmm. to about if that's triggering for them still. And um, so taking care of your mind and your emotions as well. So emotions, I think, are really hard to, to change. But when we start to change our thinking patterns and we give ourselves new experiences, then our emotions and our beliefs start to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, taking care of yourself spiritually. And I think, um, Stacy, like you had said, where you are constantly being realigned and re-anchored in scripture mm-hmm. as you feel anxious. And, and I do the same thing. Um, so take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Probably is the most repeated verse in my sure. head. Yeah. Sure. Because that's where it all starts is taking captive that thought. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would say when our mind, body, and spirit are integrated with one another and working in harmony with one another and aligned with scripture, that is when we get holy living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And sometimes something that Doug does for me when I'm having a lot of the not eating as well so that my mind can be fed or my medication not working because I'm not feeding myself so that the medication mm-hmm. can be effective. Just that kind of um, chain reaction starts to happen, for lack of a better term. Uh, something that he will bring to my attention is that we don't have to do everything mm-hmm. in in our lives that trigger that when I'm especially struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we need to take a step back and just to know that that's okay. And I don't want to overuse the word self-care, but I do believe that we need to take care of ourselves Absolutely. and what that looks like. And I know you speak to that on your story um, on Instagram a lot, Phoebe, and I really have learned a lot about um, that and just um, what that looks like and how how that is okay and not only okay but um, that it is encouraged. I think I think Phoebe something just kind of what you were saying earlier that's so important is just that general theme of you don't have to do it on your own, right? Absolutely. You don't have to try to I think so often we can think, okay, I'm struggling with this, I've got to get inside my own head, inside my own emotions and just try to fix this. And we often that's where we get stuck. And so, you know, if you are listening today and finding yourself kind of that position of being stuck, we would encourage you to reach out and certainly, um, you know, talk to a professional therapist, reach out to them. I think, um, you know, it's, it's not maybe permanent. It may be just for a season. Mm-hmm. It may be for a time. But I, I've, I know so many people that I think they're becoming more and more open about it and have done that. And would say it's one of the best things they've ever done in their life because mm-hmm. they kind of a reset, were almost. able to break free of something that had plagued them for mm-hmm. so long, mm-hmm. even before the pandemic started. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. well, one of the questions we always ask our guest, Phoebe, and, and so we, our podcast is we're focused on hope. We want to share hope with others. But, and this may be personal for you, certainly it could be just from your professional viewpoint, 
But just what's something, here we are 12 months into the pandemic, but what's something that today is bringing you hope? Maybe for yourself, maybe for those that you work with. Um, I kind of thought of two things. One is spring, man. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> sun. Yeah. The sunlight, <laughs> 70 degree temperatures. I have a three-year-old boy. Oh, okay. So, yeah. um, you know, those two weeks of ice and snow where we were locked up inside were... How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> they they yeah. were rough. Um, but, you know... Uh, yeah, so sunlight is is a good thing, and just letting him be able to run around and and it's so good for our mental health to get sunlight and right. um, be outside and for serotonin production. So sure, um, I always think in terms of like what brain chemistry do I need to have today, and how mm-hmm. can I get that? So uh, you know, that's just the nerd in me, and <laughs> and also um, really just. Uh, you know, and I don't want to give the Sunday school answer, but really grounding in the hope of the gospel that um, what I hope in is that um, the, the, oh, gosh, how do I even say this? Um, I think hoping in, in the promises of the gospel that the trials that we experience now are not going to be forever. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the techniques that I do a lot in therapy is just saying like, zoom out. Right. Right. Like Mm -hmm. this circumstance will not last forever. Um, And so if you zoom out and you look at all of your life, you see things that you can be grateful for. You see that the circumstance isn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so knowing that like one of these days Jesus will return and it will all be gone. And I don't think I've ever prayed like, you know, Lord, if you are waiting on my permission for Jesus to return, (laughs) I know you're not. But if you were like, it's given. Okay, like I'm. I'm really cool. I feel like I've experienced enough. And yeah. like, let's just see what the new heaven and new earth is going to be like. Right. Sure, sure. I, I say that it. sometimes too. I'm not going to be disappointed when he comes back. Yeah. Right. Like, and if that's I'm now, like, disappointed. I'm cool. I'm cool. Yes. Well, Phoebe, you are a hope giver to yes. us. I can tell Most you that. Definitely. And And you're a hope giver to many, many people. So we appreciate your words of hope. And I think this, just what we've been able to share today has been words of hope to to many of our listeners today mm-hmm. just as they struggle with anxiety or just again just the the the, the, the impacts of the pandemic right that we're yeah. all been going through mm-hmm. so we thank you today for listening yes, we're so Phoebe. glad that you've joined us <laughs> and uh, to our special guest Phoebe um, if you have not liked or followed or shared or all the different things you can do on social media uh, with a podcast we would love for you to go on and if you're on Apple, you can subscribe, you can follow on Spotify. Um, if you've not given us a review or a rating before, we would welcome that from you. That just helps us to help this get to more people. The more ratings and reviews kind of helps it to raise its profile as a podcast so that if others are searching, if others just were searching today for a message of hope and they're struggling with anxiety even, that they might somehow be led um, and find this podcast and find some words of hope. So please help us out in that. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, we're going to be back in about a week or so. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the creative title, A Day in the Life. I think that's been used by a lot of different places. But uh, we're going to hone in on a day in, a, in, a, in our lives. And um, and uh, Stacy's going to be sharing some about what that's like for her just as part of kind of, you know, one of the things we've talked about is what does it look like to recover well? and to recover with integrity. 
So we're going to dig into that kind of from her perspective, from my perspective, and hopefully out of that, maybe some things that you can connect with us on there as well. So we invite you guys back. Um, Phoebe, again, thank you for being here today. And uh, we appreciate you very much. So um, anything you'd want to share if there's any, I know Stacy mentioned earlier on Instagram ways that people could maybe find you on Instagram or or um, as a resource. I'm at Phoebe Kate on Instagram and um, you can also go to my website, phoebebaron.com. Okay. Uh, that needs a little bit of work, but... Um, and it's P-H-O-E-B-E. Yes. There you so go. Yeah. P-H-O-E-B-E. Yes. I have a collection of uh, pictures on my phone from misspelled coffee cups of okay. Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Very creative ways of spelling. Awesome. <laughs> well, I love it when we I get... To, uh, get you to the right, Phoebe. Yeah. When I get the, the coffee cup or whatever, and I've told them my name's Doug. And maybe they're just trying to abbreviate, but it's D-U-G. So I have to try to remind yeah. her. So, hey, we're going to put Phoebe's contact, the ways you can you can find her on Instagram and her mm-hmm. website in the episode notes. Mm-hmm. So make sure you look there for her information. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a great resource. And I can't tell you how much I've learned today and what an encouragement this has been Absolutely. to me. So thank I, you. I feel, um, we're talking about feelings, I feel like this really clarifies a lot of things for me yeah. that I have really struggled with in my spiritual life. And um, so I appreciate that so much, Phoebe. Yeah. We, we knew that you were the one to contact just because we prayed about it and God led us to the right person. So. Definitely. All right. Well, until next week, hey, God bless you guys and uh, enjoy this new spring weather. Hopefully it's spring wherever you are. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.